Marketplace. Welcome to Wednesday Night Fuel. Grateful to have you. Go ahead, like, share this video to someone. Let them know that Wednesday Night Fuel is getting ready to begin. I thank you for those who were in the cathedral this past Sunday as we came back into our structure to worship and praise God together. I pray that the word was a blessing to all of you who were here and those who were watching us via our stream. We will be back yet again next week. And uh, I am looking forward to welcoming you to uh, an encounter with the Lord with us. Let's go ahead and pray and get into the word of the Lord together. Father, I thank you. Open our hearts and minds to receive what the Spirit would say to the church. Allow us, God, uh, compel us, push us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And then, Lord, help us to be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving ourselves. In the strong name of Jesus, amen. All right, we are continuing on. I knew that I would not get finished on this past Sunday. I actually didn't get as far as I wanted to, and that is okay. We are going to go ahead and continue on with the word where we were on this past Sunday. If you did not get the opportunity to see the word uh, for this past Sunday, go ahead, go back, watch that video. I pray it's a blessing, and then uh, pick up with this particular work. John chapter 4 is where we are going to be, John chapter four. And we are dealing with the narrative of Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well. And what we're really doing is we're trying to get us as consecrated builders, as we go through this series on making a decision, this series that we have called Decide, as a consecrated builder, what we are trying to do is we're trying to get to a place of legitimate encounter and understand that when we make a legitimate encounter, listen to this, we must be willing to remove what was, to remove what was. This is not about um, acting as if things didn't happen. There are some legitimate things that have happened in our lives. Legitimate pain, legitimate anger, uh, le legitimate backstabbing, if you will. But please do not allow what was to stop you from getting to what can and should be. So in our text, um, in, in John chapter four, we see this encounter, a legitimate encounter between the Samaritan and Jesus. And I, I don't want to reteach this, but in this encounter, there's a couple of things that happens. By the time we get to uh, verse nine, therefore the Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you being a Jew ask uh, me for a drink since I'm a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with the Samaritan. And so again, I'm quickly recapping here before I dig deeper. What she said is true. That's a, that, is, that was a legitimate statement. It was historical and a present reality. But look at verse 10. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it was who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. So the reality of verse nine should not have superseded uh, what she could see by faith. So Jesus was challenging her to move past what was. And then let's look at verse 11 and 12. This is quick. So you'd have to go back to Sunday. She said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with. So she still doesn't get it. And the well is deep. 
Um, where then do you get the living water? She's intrigued, but she still doesn't understand. You are no greater than our father Jacob. So she still has Jesus in the natural. Are you? Who gave us the well. Now notice that. You're no greater than our father Jacob. Are you? This shows that there's something peaked in the woman, but she's still not there yet. Who gave us the well. Drink of it himself and his sons and his cattle. So please understand, sometimes what was is so loud that even when God is speaking, your response is still a product of what you know to be true in the natural. Hear me. Sometimes what was, what we've been through, our circumstances are speaking so loud that God can be right in front of our face and we miss God. We allow historical realities to literally prohibit us to, from getting to future victories. So I need us to remove what was. I need you to decide. I'm going to remove what was. Somebody type that in the comments. I'm going to remove what was. Anything that is hindering you from getting to what God has for you, any mentality, any historical reality, I need us to focus on the truth that if God be for us, who can be against us? The Lord is trying to move us as consecrated builders beyond what we see with our natural eyes, beyond what we've seen, beyond what we've known. And he's trying to move us to what he is able to do, exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Verse 13. Jesus answered and said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst. But the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to e eternal life. So again, in verse 13 and 14, Jesus is trying to get her to see again. He's trying to get her to see. And let me say that God is trying to get us to see what was still too loud, her, her, her natural realities. I'm a Samaritan. You're a Jew. We don't get along. It was still too loud. It was still overwhelming the presence of God that was in her face. She was still hearing with her natural ears. And it's evident of this in verse 15. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so I will not be thirsty nor come all the way here. Watch to draw. She still thinks he's talking about water at the well. She's still missing it. And please hear me. When we miss the prompting of the Lord, and this is where I want to slow down. When we miss the prompting of the Lord, listen, when God keeps trying to come and show us that we can do it, when God keeps trying to come to our lives and show us that healing is possible, show us that deliverance is possible, show us that he can restore that relationship, show us that there is nothing too hard. When he keeps trying and we keep responding uh, naturally as opposed to walking in the supernatural, listen to what I'm about to say. The Lord will often have to get personal. And we see it in verse 16. He has to get personal. And, I, and I'm saying this because sometimes, you know, I hear people after I teach, oh, Bishop, you know, that word hurt or this. It's, mm, sometimes the Lord has to get personal because when he was simply 
offering you victory, you didn't receive it. So he had to get personal to break you down so that you would actually start moving in the newness of life. Ah, it wasn't that God didn't offer it, but many of us missed his offer. Hey, either because it didn't come the way we wanted it to, it didn't come the time we wanted it to, or we simply wanted God to do what we wanted. We were selfish in our request, but sometimes God has to get personal. We see it in verse 16. He said to her, go call your husband and come here. Personal. But up until this point, he's literally dealing with water. Living water, you'll never thirst again. Give me something to drink, I'll give you living water. But now, verse 16, you still don't get it. You still won't walk in the newness of life. You still don't understand who you're talking to. You still lack a revelation of who I am. So I have to now get personal. Why? Why does he get personal? Listen to this. Listen, here's where, this is new material. The personal is often tied to the internal feelings and therefore it is often more tangible. I'll do it again. The personal is often tied to the internal feelings or our emotions and therefore it is often more tangible. In other words, we pay attention more when the conversation starts hitting our house. I'll do it again. We pay attention more when the conversation starts hitting our house. The personal is what we often try to hide, not only from others, but also from ourselves. The personal, you know, it's it's what we don't want anybody to hear. It's what we don't want anybody to know. And not only do we try to hide it from others, we often try to hide it from ourselves. The personal, the personal, because this is where, where Jesus is here. The personal is that which we attempt to suppress so that the emotions tied to the personal do not surface and reveal what we do not want to be seen, the personal. And, and, and listen, this is where this word is going. And this is where the, 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 the narrative that we're dealing with is dealing with. Jesus is like, you didn't understand what I asked you. You don't understand who I am. So I got to get personal. And let me speak to some of you right now. The Lord is getting personal. Why? Because he tried to offer it to you and you didn't receive it. He tried to give you another offer and you still couldn't see it. And so now God has got to get personal. He wants you to stop hiding and come before him as naked and not ashamed. But, but many of us are trying to suppress the personal because we don't want to deal with it and we don't want other people to see it. The personal. The personal is that which we know is there, but we often try to move forward without actually addressing it. God Almighty. You know, we just want to move forward. We just want to just wake up one day and it's all done without addressing it. We just want God to just poof and it's gone. We don't want to address it. But let me tell you in this time that we're in, if you want to be a consecrated builder, you have to address what you have been hiding. Glory. You got to address what you have been acting like didn't exist. Glory. You have to address it. You got to address it. You got to address it. And when I say addressing. I'm not talking about going off. I'm not talking about addressing in the flesh. I mean, you got to address it as God would have you to. You got to address it in love. You got to address it as in the spirit. Please hear me. But let me say this. We cannot truly build when there are things 
under the soil, things under on our building site, if you will, that are impacting construction. You can't build that way if you got things under the soil, things in this proverbial building site that are prohibiting construction. Some of us, you keep trying to build, but you got stuff on the building site that you don't want to address. Yes, some of you have literally tried to build around things that needed to be uprooted. Yes, some of you have literally tried to build around things that needed to be destroyed. Yes, you thought that just because you could change your number, change your address, change your location that you were actually going to be able to build. Hear me, there are some things under the soil, some realities that need to be addressed. So when God is speaking to you, he says, who is your husband? It wasn't about her answering the question. It was about, are you willing to, to get personal? I, I got something that I want to tell you, the Lord was saying, but I can't tell you if you have things underneath the soil that you will not address. I don't care. You can move wherever you want to move. But if you don't address what is under the soil, that thing is going to come back to bite you. I don't care. You can do whatever you want to do. But if you do not address what is under the soil, you cannot build. And if you want to be a consecrated builder, you have to address it. You got to address it. Because that personal, that thing that you don't want anybody to see, that thing that even you don't want to feel anymore, it is impacting construction. And so if it's under the surface, you have to address it. Somebody write in the comments, address it. Come on, somebody write it in there. Address it. And address it, not like in the flesh, not in an attitude. Address it in the spirit. Covering the flaw is not enough. Covering the flaw is not enough. That is illegal in the building process. Help me, God. Ignoring the flaw is not enough. That is illegal in the building process. Attempting to build on top of the flaw as if it doesn't exist will only bring disaster. It is illegal in the building process. A legitimate encounter with the Lord uproots everything. Uproots everything. Why in our narrative could he just not say from the beginning, I am the son of God and I have something supernatural to say? Because, hey, God, a legitimate encounter with the Lord uproots everything. It uproots everything. But many of us, we want to have an encounter without an uprooting. Yes, we want to have an encounter with God without him getting to the root of things. God is saying, no, 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 no. This year and moving forward, you cannot build unless you get to the truth of all things. You got to uproot that. You got to uproot everything that is under the surface that is prohibiting you from building like you should. A legitimate encounter with the Lord uproots everything. And we have to decide if we're going to keep playing games or walk in legitimate victory. If we're going to be consecrated builders. Now, some guys say, all right, all right, I'm about to call and tell them off. That's not addressing it because that's not the way God addresses things. And let me say one more thing before I move forward. Stop being so swift to address what you think you see in others. When you have been absolutely negligent in addressing what you know you have in you. Hey, uh, stop being so swift to, to, to attempt to address what you think you see in others. 
when you have been so negligent in addressing what you know you have in yourself. Decide. Look at her response in verse 17. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have correctly said I have no husband. Let's stop. Her response in verse 17 was the turning point. Why? Because truth, the spirit leads you to all truth. Truth will move you to what the Lord has for you. Write that down. Truth will move you to what the Lord has for you. Write it, write it, write it. Truth will move you to what the Lord has for you. Let's, let's notice a couple of things. I know, I know this word is stinging a little bit, but let me notice a couple of things. She has still not been transformed yet in our narrative. She still doesn't fully know who she's talking to. She still had questions, I'm sure, about what's going on. We see a thread of intrigue. She's, she's moving closer, but she's still not fully there yet. But truth, in verse 17, opened the door to move past what was. We got to uproot what was to what the Lord now has in front of her. Please let me help you understand. There is greatness before you, but you got to remove what was and walk in truth to get to it. You got to remove what was and walk in truth to get to it. You got to remove what was and walk in truth to get to it. Why? It is the truth that sets us free. So look at what she says. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have correctly said you have no husband. However, let's go deeper. However, we must understand that while her truth opened the door, ah, listen, her truth opened the door because the Lord wants us completely free. So truth opens the door. He said, you have correctly said Jesus does not stop with her statement. Ah, she tells the truth. And we're like, all right, I don't have a husband. Boom, I'm done. She tells the truth. But the Lord needed to excavate. Ah, there was still more work that needed to be done. Listen, some of you right now in your building process, if you are looking at the area in which God wants you to build, it is not enough to tell the truth about what's there. You got to excavate what is there. She told the truth. What she said was absolutely categorically true. I don't have a husband. But watch this. Jesus was not ready to yet build. He had to get that thing even the more. He had to excavate in this is why many of you are saying, I don't want to move forward because you recognize, you know that if God is going to get out of you and if God is going to push you forward into the things of God, it is not enough to simply identify. Now you got to excavate. You got to allow the Lord to come in. And once you have said, this is under the surface and that is under the surface, you can't just sit there and say, it's there. That's enough. Let's build. No, 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 no. It has to come out. You got to come out. And so watch what, what happens in verse 18. For you, look at 18. For you have had five husbands. And the one whom you now have is not your husband. This you have said truly. Excavation. In verse 17, what did she say? I have no husband. 18 Jesus excavates. He said, you've had five. And you're with someone now who's not your husband. Now, 
at this point, the Samaritan woman could either respond with embarrassment, she could respond with anger, any other myriad of emotions. And to be clear, many of us have been right up to this point where the Lord was like, I'm about to excavate. And instead of you saying, it's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, you responded inappropriately. Our response during excavation is another pivot point. Oh, let's go back. So her first response, I don't have a, a husband. Boom, pivot. But then Jesus excavates deeper. And right there, she has another opportunity to either stay in the holding pattern. Listen to me. She could have stayed in the holding pattern, recognizing, you know, but I don't want to deal. Or she could now say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me move beyond that. Let me, let me help somebody. Some of us, some of us are in the holding pattern of verse 17 to 18. Explain Bishop. 17, watch this. I told the truth, but when the Lord dug deeper, we were unwilling to go further. Hey, that blesses me right there. Listen, some of us are in the holding pattern. And so we told the truth, verse 17. And then when the Lord wanted to go deeper in order to excavate truth out and then make sure that the ground, our building site, if you will, was completely clean of debris, we were unwilling to allow God to go any further because the, the, the truth of verse 17 is as far as we wanted to go. But I I need somebody who's listening to me, somebody who's taking notes on the other side of this screen, somebody to just say, I'm going all the way this time, this time, this time. I want the whole building site clean of any debris. Maybe glory to God. The reason that I keep finding fault in everybody and everything else is because I've been trying to build new things on top of old issues. Yes, I got debris of old relationship. I got debris of old pain. I got debris of old conversation. I got debris of old mistakes. I got debris of old uh, issues that I have had and I keep trying to build. I thought a new marriage was going to do it. I thought I could have another kid and it would do it. I thought I could just move to whatever city and that would do it. But God is saying, no, 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 no. It is not enough to know you got some stuff under the surface. I need to get that thing out of you and clear the building site once and for all. So this time when we build, we can actually actually sing the song with legitimacy that our hope is built on nothing less. <sighs> she could have responded with embarrassment, anger. And I'm asking you, how are you going to respond when the Lord says, get it all out? Will we respond in an attempt to cover more? I'm going to cover more up. So when Jesus says, you've had five, is our response, well, the first one did me wrong and the second one wasn't right and the third one, no, 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 no. Will we respond with an attitude of offense? Offense, I can't believe you said that to me. Will we respond in an attitude of anger? Because some, some of the stuff that we mad about and offended about was still true. Hmm, still true. We're using offense as an a badge, as a badge not to deal with what's true. Will we respond more concerned 
about how we got exposed as opposed to, man, this blesses me. The healing that comes by dealing with the exposure. Let me do that again. Lord, whoo, will we respond more concerned about how we got exposed as opposed to the healing that comes by dealing with the exposure? Who told you? How you find that out? Wait, wait, wait. Are you more concerned about how you got exposed? Or are you just grateful that healing can now come with exposure? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Sometimes, if it wouldn't have been exposed, you would have never excavated it. Because you had an opportunity to excavate it on your own. But when you did not respond to that opportunity, God had to get personal. Or will we respond like the Samaritan woman? I'm going to do this verse. I'm done. Lord, the Lord telling me to stop. Will we respond like the Samaritan woman? Look at verse 19. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. I need to stop right there. I'll teach the rest Sunday. I perceive you are a prophet. What, what, was, what was she saying? I believe. That I am in the presence of someone who walks in supernatural authority. What was she saying? I think that I'm beginning to understand that this encounter is not by happenstance. What was she saying? I believe that you are not who I thought you were. What was she saying? I am beginning to understand what you were saying to me before you got personal. She is shifting her, her, her natural senses to supernatural senses. She's beginning to walk by faith and not by sight. And what I will show you on Sunday is that set her up for even more. Somebody needs to decide that you are going to allow complete excavation. And during this year, as we talk about being a consecrated builder, we're going to deal with excavating that site. But you got to decide. Don't just be like, you know, let's just move the building over here around what I need to deal with. No, 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 no. Decide. May God bless you. May heaven smile upon you and give you peace. This is my prayer.